College is where most mental health problems are activated. I hope I get multiple personalities. I get lonely in long showers. Troy Barnes, a former high school quarterback and prom king turned community college fodder in NBC's Community Universe, stated in 2009 that he hoped to develop multiple personalities as a result of his long, lonely showers. Two years after that, actor Donald Glover, who played Troy for five seasons, donned the persona of Childish Gambino, an elusive, social media-savvy rapper who made headlines with his first release, Camp. Glover's follow-up, 2013's Break the Internet, has become one of the most recognizable forces in 21st century music. Gambino shifts tone, mood, and tempo throughout 15 blistering tracks, creating an undeniably unique album that creates abstract narratives for the listener to lose themselves in. Donald Glover is one of show business's modern marvels between his work on Community, Atlanta, and his Netflix stand-up comedy special, but it is his work as Childish Gambino that has launched him not only into another stratosphere of fame, but also creativity. And for that, because the internet is an art school album. Man made the web, you don't need a name. Man made a box, I ain't too ashamed. Every thought I had, put it in a box. Everybody see it just before the cops Trolling, trolling, trolling these niggas We're rolling these niggas They mad cause they don't know any better Hold up, it's the kid Quit, tell him he can't sit with us Fuck it, got money Bought friends like I'm TBS, BBS I can see it all with My guest today, the only person I know that I think is good at the internet And we are going to be talking a lot about that today Matthew Sneed, welcome to the show Oh, thank you for having me. How how are we doing? Let's do a check-in real quick. Is quarantine treating you well? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, though. I, uh, I moved back to Chicago with my two friends, and I've uh, been working on music and working on uh, videos. I like to say working on, but honestly, it's just spur of the moment, so... <laughs> Yeah. That is, that's good. That's at least something. That is uh, work in air quotes, if you will, but that at least counts for whatever it is that we're doing. I mentioned at the top of the show just a, a mere 60 seconds ago. I think you're great at the internet. I love your tweets. I love your Instagram stories and where I think you shine brightest, which is often the fatal flaw when it comes to the digital landscape. I think your Facebook is the reason I haven't deleted the app yet. Matthew, how are you so good at the internet? Okay, so it all started when I was first born. Uh, <laughs> no, I honestly, each, it's weird because each platform, like I somehow made a way to like, um, like add some humor to it, you know? So like Twitter, um, at first I was just posting uh, doodle jump. I would post doodle jump high scores. And then I was like, no one plays Doodle Jump anymore, so let me just talk about some deep stuff. And then eventually, I stopped wanting to talk about deep stuff, and then went into random stuff. And people happened to like it, so I was like, I'll keep going with that. And with Facebook, um, I luckily have a meme dealer on there, and so he comes in clutch like every single day. And I'm like, I just have this whole like like database of like memes so that's i have to thank him really because like without him you would have no post to like honestly unless you had your own meme dealer 
So I'm. It's an honor to be your meme diller, honestly. <laughs> Normally, that sentence would conjure up anger inside of me. Now I'm, I'm a nonviolent person. I don't know if I would act <laughs> on it, but I, I typically loathe uh, the meme verse that we live in. But you, my friend, are delivering the hits on a daily basis, and I, I thank you for that. And I wonder, has the landscape that we're in of of COVID and quarantine? I don't know if you've heard, but there's a pandemic going on. Has that been helpful in your meme process? Have you found lots of good content because of this? At the start of it, I did, um, especially with Zoom, because I was like, at, at first I was like, why, you know, our, our life is really like transitioned to video calls and like the internet. And that's when I made, I don't know if you saw any of my Zoom sketches, but I made a few like Zoom sketch videos and uh, after like that stopped becoming relevant, I went through this big like break where I really just didn't even know what to post on social media other than memes, of course. Those just, those are always coming in clutch, but video wise, like I didn't know what to put. And I would say after, after I actually like moved to Chicago with my friends, I really, uh, I got back into it and got more, got, yeah, got more motivated to uh, make more video, make videos and stuff. But, um, yeah, it definitely did affect though. Cause I didn't have the outside world to give me inspiration. Well, we're all locked in, you know, these caves that we call a home. And I'm glad that I can turn to my blue screen and get all of the entertainment I could possibly need from you. And we are talking about the internet at the start of the show. We're talking about the album because the internet by childish Gambino today. But before we get to that, I ask everybody this, but I'm genuinely curious about you. Uh, your childhood, the music that shaped you into becoming who you are today, what sounds were going on in your house, what did you listen to? I would like to know the whole story if possible. Of course. Uh, so I grew up Christian, and my brother was actually like, he was big in the music scene. Uh, he plays guitar, piano, and then he sings. And um, my family, I mean, my, like my dad was um, like really talented with guitar and he also sang himself, but because I was in a like pretty strict Christian household, uh, I had to listen to mainly Christian music. And I would just say that VeggieTales was my inspiration. Like people these days sleep on the VeggieTales songs, but I'm like, you, you got to go back and listen to them. You just, you have to, but yeah, I would listen to, uh, veggie tells, uh, <laughs> that's such a, such a funny, like first name to put, uh, I listen to that <laughs> veggie tells, <laughs> have you heard the three, two, one penguins album, dude? <laughs> on a podcast but, that has been deemed pretentious by many people. I'm glad that we can start this episode off on a very grounded note. And go with the Veggie Tales to start. Thank you for centering us. I have to start it. I have to hit these people with the Veggie Tales, bro. Um, so, uh, but I would listen to, uh, you know, Toby Mac. Okay. Toby Mac. Uh, there was, uh, there were some hip hop artists, uh, Pigeon John, uh, Canton Jones. Uh, who was it? Oh, Group One Crew. And then once I hit like. Once I finally like got to like be off on my own and stuff um, in college, I started to listen to more like pop music. So uh, like, who was it? Uh, Cake by the Ocean Water. That was my jam for the longest time. Joe Joe Jonas's 
uh, group. Uh, and then um, I, in, in college, though, um, a lot of kids will roast you for liking pop music. So then I got into Tame Impala. Oh, <laughs> it's like a currency at the school we go to. It is yeah. the quickest way to meet people and become friends. As soon as you say the less I know, the better. They're like, take a seat real quick. <laughs> Let's discuss. But um, I listened to them. Um, and one group that I really attached to was um, Metronomy. Uh, they're, they have kind of a like... Uh, I don't know how to describe their their style, but it's very indie. And um, yeah, I I listen to their music a lot, and I would also listen to comedic music. So like the Lonely Island, uh, Fly of the Concords, uh, Garfunkel and Oates. Like they were oh my gosh, I I loved Fly of the Concords. Like they had some like goofy music, but like. They had some bops though. Like you'd be laughing, but you'd also be like, "Wait, but he's kind of <laughs> spitting." <laughs> and so they're what really inspired me to make music. Uh, I have a SoundCloud um, that's pretty embarrassing, but uh, yeah, I I would say like those were my like top inspirations. And then um, funk also. Like my dad, um, my dad got me into Parliament. Uh, who was it? uh victor wooten a bunch of like yeah a bunch of like 80s art or 70s and 80s artists and stuff but um it yeah i would say that was like those were the main artists and genres i would listen to i should uh first note just to let the record show that this is a kate mccucci appreciation station we do stand garfunkel and oats on this podcast just in case anybody questions me i would like to have the audio record that that is where i stand on her work you also mentioned some rappers that i was a little unfamiliar with and i'd like to think of myself as being pretty well versed in the hip-hop game are the rappers that you mentioned christian rappers were you listening to christian rap growing up Mm-hmm. I listen to mainly Christian. Um, Pigeon John is one that he is a Christian rapper, but he has made some like secular songs. Um, his music has gotten like on like mainstream things. Also, like there was this show called Level Up on Cartoon Network, um, and he had this song called like I'm the Bomb and I'm about to blow up. And he, yeah, like I would like hear that places, and I'm like wait, so is this a Christian program? <laughs> like, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Christian rap is a, a genre that fascinates me because I grew up in a in a, in a, a Roman Catholic house. Um, and, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah we, we do what we can. You know, I turned out all right. Uh, yeah. and my, my mother, God bless her, has no real frame of reference for pop culture music. So when somebody asks her what music she listens to, her default is Christian rock. So I grew up on a a small diet of Christian rock going up, growing up. But I also, on the end, had a dad who introduced me to like Jay-Z and 50 Cent at a very young age, and I uh, much more attached myself to that world of things. Uh, but Christian rap is... It's so different, but I also recognize that there is such a valuable place for it in its own little universe it's completely ignored by the mainstream and i i understand why but i also have heard from multiple people now that like no i wasn't allowed to do this this and this but i had christian rap music and it was fine yeah no it's like i mean 
literally like Christian rap, it's kind of evolved to the point to where you can't really tell the difference between um, secular rap and then Christian rap. Uh, it's that's why I don't really listen to it as much now, like because the only thing that defines a Christian rap song nowadays is like if they say the name Jesus or something, you know, <laughs> they could be like, oh yeah, all the ladies on the floor, praise Jesus. And you're like, oh, hallelujah, all right. But like growing up, like you would just hear so much, like, you know, it, they actually had some like powerful lyrics. Uh, have you heard of Lecrae? I have not. Lecrae is like someone that's really making it out. Like he's collabed with, I don't know exactly but i've seen some secular like artists that he's collabed with and i'm like that's really cool that you know he's branching out and doing like you know other stuff you know because like kanye for instance kanye's doing christian music now and and your thoughts your thoughts on kanye doing christian music (laughs) i'm supporting it honestly i i didn't like uh the 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 uh, Chick Fil A song uh, mm. Sunday, but I liked uh, I like what he's going for. You know, um, he had this song recently. I think he's going clean now. Like he's making like clean music now. I, I think that's his goal. As he is pivoting uh, to becoming the Jerry Seinfeld of rap, in which he doesn't cuss anymore, which is a yeah. bold move. Which is a, a, a one really, I respect. Yeah, it's like I'm. I mean, I'm all for it, but. Uh, there was this song called Ego Death with Ty Dolla Signs and Skrillex and, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, I forget. I, I'm blanking on her name, but um, he was on it also. And there was a line he said where I had to like, I had to think about it for a second and I had to consider if I still like Kanye. But he says the word nerd. He's like, he's like, what you gonna do, nerd? <laughs> I was like, this is a Kanye line. <laughs> I was like, mm. but I showed my uh, I showed my roommates and uh, on like on a drive, and I looked at both of their reactions. And when he says nerd, they were just like, <laughs> like why did he say it like that? <laughs> But that, that is I, worth I have not heard that song I will be listening to it as soon as this podcast ends because I would like to hear that <laughs> I want you to just after he says nerd just pause and then reflect for a moment and say did he really just say nerd <laughs> <laughs> well we have we have done some reflection we understand who you are and how we how we came to be here and we are here now talking about the man of the hour we are going to unmask him. He's not Childish Gambino right now. He's Donald Glover. Do you remember the first time this incredibly talented actor, comedian, musician entered your life? Why, yes. Um, so uh, the first time I saw him was Community, of course. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't even know him as Childish Gambino. I knew him. I knew him as Troy, and in Community, it was it's weird because like from the start of it, he's more of like a jock, and he's just kind of like this you know, uh, tough guy on campus type character. But um, they like sort of yeah, they change his character over time, especially when he interacts with uh, another character on there named Abed, who I, I think he has um, Ashburgers in the show, but. He has like this very like creative mind and he's like always the one like putting the group in adventures but uh donald like it kind of allowed for like donald's like 
more wacky side to come out because he was like Abed's counterpart. And so I really like that part of his character where he's just, you know, he's supporting his friend no matter like what, like no matter how weird the situation is, he's like, he's kind of like the same exact level of weird. But um, then I started to watch his uh, sketch show, Derek Comedy, which I can say this now, uh, Donald Glover is what inspired me to really like get into like sketches and whatnot because I love dark comedy. Um, I also love the movie Mystery Team. Um, it's a very raunchy and um, pretty uh, strange film. Um, not perfect in any way, but I love the fact that it's like it was just three friends who wanted to make a movie and they did a pretty darn good job at it. Um, and so, yeah, I followed him through that. And then, of course, um, Atlanta, his FX show. That is, oh, that's probably my, one of my favorite shows on TV right now. But um, he, yeah, like, I, I knew him as an actor from the start. And I would always tell my brother, like, oh, my gosh, did you? I was like, yeah, this guy is, like, so talented. Did you see this sketch show? And then one day he was like, Oh, have you uh, have you heard his music? Like, no, he makes music. That's pretty cool too. And then he pulls up Bonfire, and I had heard Bonfire before. Like, I heard that I, I heard the full song one time, and I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah, had no idea it was Donald Glover because you know the name Childish Gambino. I was like, oh, like, guessing. Okay, maybe I assumed that Childish Gambino was actually the name, like. A real person's name <laughs> but, uh, he yeah he played that song and i was like wait and you know th this is don glover and then from there i went back to sick boy his uh first like that was his like first mixtape name or no i think he dj'd as sick boy i could begin this wrong but he started off as sick boy then went on to childish gambino and i yeah i went through all the eps and yeah, I was just an immediate fan, probably my favorite artist to date. And I didn't name that in the intro. I didn't even name the man of the hour, Childish Gambino, when I talked about my musical origins. That's okay. Dang. I forgive you. I forgive you. Because <laughs> Will they forgive me? <laughs> well, and that's, you know, that's up to the, the viewer. And as I've learned, I can't control them as much as I'd like to. I'd like to be able to put my thoughts in their mind, but I cannot do that. I, I can let you know that Childish Gambino, the name, comes from a Wu-Tang Clan name generator. Name generator. Yes, which I took the liberty of putting my name and your name in the Wu-Tang Clan.net name generator. Dude. My name came out to be professional unappreciative, which my ex-wife has told me before. And your name is Corvus Thankless. So a a similar theme going on of some selfishness, some self-righteousness. That is yeah. just something to, to keep in mind as we go along. Now, I do have a pretty loaded question to ask you, but I feel like we've been going for 20 minutes. I feel like the wheels are off, and I could really dig into who you are as a person. I would okay. like you... Uh, just quickly, you know, you don't have to put a lot of thought into it, but if you could rank the 2010s NBC comedies, 30 Rock, The Office, Parks and Rec, and Community, if you had to rank those four in terms of your enjoyment of them, how how are we looking here? What is the, the what does the Peacock in the 2010s do for you? So it was Community, uh, um, 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 30 Rock, The Office, and 
Did you say Parks and Rec? I did say Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I'm gonna put The Office first. And that's the correct opinion. It's not. It's not the exciting opinion, but it's the correct opinion. Exactly. I'm like, I because I love Community, which Community will be second. Uh, but I just I'd say with The Office, I love the seasons as a whole, and then Community, especially after Donald Glover leaves, I'm. I didn't enjoy it as much. So as a whole, I would say The Office first, Community. I actually never saw 30 Rocks, so we're going to put Parks and Rec and then 30 Rocks. So. <laughs> well, Donald Glover appears ever so slightly in 30 Rock. I also think that's a show you would enjoy. I would, I would recommend I know. it. Yes. I, I saw his compilation on YouTube of 30 Rocks. <laughs> it's like, this is all I need because <laughs> he's a writer for it, too. Yes. Yeah, well, he's, he's a man of many talents. Uh, he, as a person, intimidates me because he's so good at so many different things that I kind of just watch him work and go, ah. I, it's going to make me feel bad if I keep yeah. I keep doing it. And so I have to distance like, myself. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm good at none of these things, and he's good yeah. at multiple things. It's not really that fair. And arguably, the peak of his fame and his powers in, at this point, what he is best known for is his alter ego, Childish Gambino, and specifically the album Because the Internet, which was released on December 10th, 2013 2013 a loaded year for rap music with uh drake's nothing was the same chance the rappers acid rap and kanye west yeezus i ask you what were you doing in december 2013 can you paint the listeners a picture of what grade you might have been and what your interests were just quickly so we can get a frame of reference into your 2013 so it was the year 2013. Um, I remember when you could like you were probably in a lot of like large gatherings and talking really closely to people. So it was probably in 2013. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a face mask on talking to people. Uh, I let's see, December 2013. Uh, I was so this was high school still. I was probably off on break and I believe I was just indoors with my mom and dad chilling. Um, Ahead of your time, uh, social distancing yeah. before it was cool. This was, this was, <laughs> yeah, I was in my room uh, doing absolutely nothing. And um, I did not actually hear because the internet, when it first dropped, because um, I didn't have Spotify at this time and didn't have, I, my parents wouldn't really let me buy, even though I was in high school, <laughs> they were still like, they were still kind of like iffy about me having these like uh, parental guidance albums and stuff. Um, but I was, yeah, I believe I was just with, with family, um, at that time, I was a senior, no, it's a freshman, freshman, right? Yeah, I was a, no, no, no. Yeah, I was a freshman and I had just moved to Oklahoma, actually. So new place, uh, not a lot of friends and chilling with the fam. That's, yeah. Indoors was the game. I was actually in an apartment at this time, and 
uh, yeah, it was not fun at all. Um, but I, yeah, I had not been introduced to the majestic piece known as because the internet yet. My 2013 was very similar. Lots of time chilling with the family, not a lot of friends. The difference being that I have lived the entire place or in the same place my entire life. So it was more of a reflection on me than it was the community I was around. I also did not hear because the internet uh, when it was released. I did not hear because the internet until last week when I invited you on this podcast. And, really? and this is this is an album that I knew at some point somebody would mention. It's an album cover I've seen thousands of times. It's an artist that I hear talked about on the daily. But I had not heard this album, so that means I missed upon the release. Uh, and I, I will take a passage here uh, verbatim just to give this release the credit it deserves. Uh, because the internet, one of the most in-depth releases seen in recent history, it came complete with a 75-page screenplay, a short film on YouTube, and a litany of cryptic tweets hinting at the true meanings of the album experience. So I missed all of that up until this past week when I did a pretty deep dive into Because the Internet. Did you hear this album in college for the first time? Yes. No. No, I heard it uh, senior year of high school. Junior year of high school. Uh, I was... um, this is about the time that I got Spotify or my brother had Spotify. And so I went through uh, camp, his first album. And then I was like, I got to listen to because of the internet and usually typically what I do is like, I skip through different tracks and stuff, but this was like one of those albums where I heard the beginning and then I heard the first, the, the second song crawl. And I was like, I, I kind of just want to like, I might listen to this in order. I'm not going to skip around. I might need to skip around, but I never needed to skip around. That's why I was like, this isn't, this is a great album, you know? <laughs> it is such a, a bold piece of art. I mean, Childish Gambino is looking to create a vision. And I think he fully accomplishes whatever creative goal he was looking for. And because the internet, which like I said, was released in December of 2013 with the interludes, it is 19 songs and just about 58 minutes. And the album is sort of broken up into these little chunks. That is how we will go about them as we break down the album in the first little group here begins uh, with the library introduction, a a few seconds of sound before we get into Crawl and World Star. Rec League, I ain't paying a bar. Y'all be string like a broke guitar. And he still put it down like the family dog. Yeah, I murder some, murder murder one, one. explain it all. Ferguson, Ferguson. we ain't got to sing the same old love song. Cut a white girl with the same black gloves on. Yeah, what you saying to it? Old money, look, no money, don't do it. Make her turn around and they laying like a UA and I'm only looking back if I'm looking at her booty. At her boo. You mentioned you were a big fan of Crawl to start the album. What about the track that follows World Star? Uh, I love the bass. I love the vocals. Uh, and I just love his verses. Like, goodness. He's like, uh, what is that, that second verse? I'm not good with lyrics, so... That's, um, that's my goodness, that is okay. I just want to mention that, yeah. Are, are you someone like, listening to that music? That second verse, whatever... Like, when, when you listen to music, do you typically find yourself gravitating towards the lyrics or are you more of a sound and atmosphere type of person? I would say sound and atmosphere because, like, I I just love, like, laying back and then putting my headphones on and just, like, 
like feeling it, you know. Um, sometimes, that full like body experience, I absolutely I just, know what you mean. <laughs> I just love the take. I'm like, <laughs> but, um, I yeah, with that one, um, I goodness, I'm like blanking on the lyrics, but um, there was like whenever the second verse starts, he has this like cool vocal effect where he's like blue jeans on a bouquet on a bouquet, and it's so and then his voice comes back to normal. He's like, can I have that? And then I don't know. I just love the like the different like weird effects and stuff that he does with it because it separates him from other rap artists where he's just he's like bold enough to like do you know anything he wants to do pretty much you know. And I was, oh, I, yeah. I was quickly taken aback by just how loud and abrasive the opening songs are. And I was I was very into it. It's an intensity that I typically enjoy in hip hop, and I always love any song that gives credit to world star uh the one place where you can get sports politics and pop culture news in the same place you know we are we've been talking about the internet we're we're always in a in a battle against russian hackers and deliberate fake news it's good to know that i can always rely on world star for a clean objective take and it seems like childish gambino was on the same page yeah, he uh, with with World Star. Um, it seems like he mainly talks about like the fighting side of it, but then second verse he goes in like he's talking about uh, like filming his girlfriend, uh, and then uh, what was it? There, yeah, I I I don't know. It was just I like the like the the from the start of the track like that little like sound effect or not the whatever the background track was with the with the guys fighting and stuff. And then it just goes into the beat. Uh, I was actually with, I'm a part of this uh, group now called Mother Fortune. Look them up if you get the chance, by the way. Uh, Please Spotify. tell us where to find them. Uh, Spotify, Mother Fortune. Uh, and um, they're also on SoundCloud. But we were we were playing around in the studio and the producer actually hadn't heard World Star before. And we used that as an example. And we were like ripping it down piece by piece and like, yeah, like the background vocals, I mean, not the background vocals, but the uh, little audio track in the background with the guys starting the fight and then the beat um, with with his verses and stuff. And then it cuts back to the audio track. I mean, the, yeah, the little, the, the I think it's the same one from the start, the audio track, back to the verse again. And then that last part, that last part was like, you wouldn't expect that in a song where about someone kicking someone else's ass. It's just this smooth jazz <laughs> flow and stuff over this beat, and you're like, "Damn, this is good." <laughs> There's a, I, oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just saying, I, I I like again. I love the album as a whole. So like, World Star is pretty equal to Crawl for me. Where that's just you know, it's definitely in my top picks for favorite tracks. <laughs> There's a line that I particularly enjoy on Worldstar in which he says, uh, she's on Hollywood and Vine thinking that she's Hollywood on Vine. And I, I do have to ask, because I know you, I know some of the people you hang around, some very funny people, you obviously a hilarious individual yourself. Vine culture, is that still something that uh, sticks in your heart? Because it's something that I missed. But I when I, when I went to college, I quickly realized just how important Vine is to most people. Well, Case, being a member of the Vine community, um, <laughs> I, uh, it's, I would say it is. Uh, we, like, as far as, like, TikTok goes, like, it's starting to become what Vine became near the end of it, where it was more, like, 
that's the start of a lot of memes and stuff. And TikTok is starting to do that also. But whenever I was on it, um, I would say I cheated with Vine. Um, and I can admit that now because no one can stop me because Vine is no longer a thing. But I would, uh, so <laughs> at one point I actually, um, I bought a few followers. Um, and Scandal. I, <laughs> this I this is the type of news that needs to be on Worldstar. This is <laughs> earth shattering. They're going to report this episode and be like, you can't, you can't, we, we can't let, you know, people, the police are coming for you, Matt. Um, I, um, I, I went to high, I mean, when I was in school and stuff, I would like show people the followers. I'd be like, well, look at, look at how many likes I got on this video. That's so, so weird. And so at my school, I was kind of known as being like the Vine famous one, even though there were other people there that were actually like genuinely getting likes for, you know, for free <laughs> but just a side story but yeah i would say it's like it's definitely still it had a big impact on people and now it has a big impact on youtube and that's why we don't like vine because it brought us people like logan paul and jake paul and you know they're uh without vine i don't know they might have still made it up but I hated them on Vine too because they could make the dumbest videos and they could make videos that were exactly like mine and then it would get like a million likes. I'd be like, bruh, <laughs> what do I do? How do I meet these guys? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I would hate to judge somebody for buying Vine followers. I know, you know, we all get in the pickle from time to time. I, I would not call you one of the worst guys, which is kind of how we begin the second portion of the album after a little interview. Very smooth. Called Dial-Up. You know, look, I'm a broadcasting professional. I know what I'm doing. And I know that this was a hip-hop album released in the 2010s, which means that Chance the Rapper does have a guest appearance on this record. It comes to the worst guys, which... I, you know, despite uh, the the jaunty and seemingly happy nature of it, it is all about Childish Gambino's uh, sexual deviance and, more importantly, his failures, which I was, was surprised to see that that man would ever swing and miss, but, you know, it all yeah. happens to us eventually. I really enjoyed this song. Where do we stand on this? I love it. I uh, don't know how I feel about Chance the Rapper not rapping on it, but... <laughs> a, a seemingly reoccurring issue of, man, I like Chance the Rapper. I wish he would rap. It rap, seems to be yeah. a reoccurring issue. <laughs> Chance the feature. Like, uh, but, um, I No, I love the... Uh, yeah, again, like, it's... I, I mean, I agree with you on the whole, like, uh, the message of it all. I Have you... Um, have you gotten a chance to see any of the music videos? I I did not. I, am I missing they're, out? There, it's pretty interesting. I and it makes me question the album as a whole because, like, like I didn't show this yet, but I have the vinyl and I have the screenplay as well. But for uh, the nice guys, actually, like in the music video, um, they it's chance it's chance and, and childish rapping, um, but. There is this connected story throughout the music videos. And I still, I really, I, as a fan of this album, I don't understand the story, but there's like, I believe it's this music video, but there's like a sea monster that he runs into or something. And it makes me like question what the meaning of the of the song actually is, you know? But I, no, I, I mean, I love the, 
I love the automatic, like, I mean, the, the like shift in tone with music too during that song, like world star and crawler, like hype and intense and like makes you want to start a riot and stuff and all that. But then the worst guys is just like, you know, just some like, I don't know, kind of uh, smooth lyrics and, and it goes back to the jazz instrumentals at the end also like i just i don't know i really enjoyed i i would say the worst guys was probably my it wasn't my favorite track but it was probably on the same level as it's weird how like the first three songs they're like all on the same level for me like they're uh probably like near the end but i still love them you know (laughs) Well, I think this portion of the album, the, the dial-up section, if you will, with The Worst Guys, Shadows, Oakland, Sweatpants, and 3005, I think this is the best run on the album. I like all of these songs a lot. In particular, I, I had heard, once I heard the song, I was like, okay, I know 3005. Like, that's definitely been played at some house party that I didn't want to go to. Like, I've heard this song in the background before. The song that really blew me away was Sweatpants, which Sweatpants. I, I just did not know that Childish Gambino had a song like this in him with what I thought was a masterful lyricism and a, an, in, an intensity that I really enjoy in hip-hop and this production that matched it. For me, this is the high point of the album. Watching haters wonder why Gambino got the game. Yeah. Half-tied thicky, all she want to do is bang. Yeah. Got her head done, French braids, now she ASAP. Bino so insensitive, she asking why you say that. Bad, I'm chilling, real nigga feeling. Rich kid asshole, paint me as a villain. Still spitting that cash flow. DJ Khaled, I got penthouse on both coasts. PH balance, real nigga, I rep those. Why though? Cause I said so. Get deep in that Pepto. I got five on it like Ben Folds. I got more tail than that pet coat. You faker than some sweet and low. Yeah, you got some silverware, but really, are you eating though? Are you eating? On this dial up section, is sweatpants the standout for you, or and if not, what is? Sweatpants is the standout for me. <laughs> I love I it's the only song that I actually like know lyric by lyric and I would say like especially coming from camp, um that sounds like a sounds like I just, just talking about camp. <laughs> especially after coming from camp. Uh, <laughs> well life changing experience. It was the best summer yeah. I've ever had. It was just the best summer and then I just heard sweatpants, dude. But uh coming from his coming from his first album, like it has those like it has the metaphors, it has the wordplay, it just has like all the stuff that I love from from that. And I mean the other songs do too, but sweatpants is like all of that. You know, there's no uh there's no particular like story in it. And it's just it's like a lot of like clever wordplays and stuff. Like uh I love the what is that, the eh, 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 pee it. and it's like when the beat stops. Oh, and then uh Silver Spoon Cool. Uh, there's just so many like small parts in it that I'm like, I, yeah, I used to like my dad would, I would play it for my dad in the car, which he's a pastor, I should add. <laughs> and I didn't play the clean version. Um, and I would blast the song. And of course I would like censor out the cuss words, like whenever I'm rapping it out. But like, eventually like he started to get into it too. Like at first he was like, son you can't play that music in the car but then i think he just saw how like spot on i was with the lyrics and he was like it's pretty good you know (laughs) (laughs) i could do this too if my son can do it then i can do it (laughs) but 
I love Sweatpants. I think, yeah, that's probably my favorite track on the album. Um, just because it's fun, you know, it's just a, it's <clears throat> kind of what I miss in Gambino um, with his music now, really, because he just had this fun style. Um, a lot of people, there were a few people, there were like a, a good number of people who didn't like the fact that it was like, he wasn't like Drake and all of them where he's like, you know, always rapping about money or, you know, uh, like all the stuff he has and whatnot. But, you know, he he just had these silly lines and I love that, you know, I'm like, that that's, it kind of fits into the whole like spoof music thing, you know, where I loved like Lonely Island where they would have these funny lines. I mean, they were all funny lines, but Gambino like sneaks it in with like, with lines that would actually work for just a normal, you know, a regular rap song. So I, yeah, I just love sweatpants for that. You know, we could talk about 3005, which I thought was a good song. I mean, I understand why it's the hit, but the, the song in this cluster other than sweatpants that intrigued me, kind of made me raise an eyebrow a little bit was the song Oakland by Lloyd, not because it is, I mean, it's a fine song. I don't necessarily think it's great, but I knew the the simplicity of the name Lloyd sounded familiar. You know, there's not not a lot of rappers going by one name, but that name was just a normal name. I was like, I know, I know that from somewhere. And then I, you know, did some schematics, dug into the archives, and figured out that Lloyd was on the cash or the Young Money song Bedrock, which I. Oh. I I, I don't know if you're all that familiar with it, given that you grew up with such Christian rap. Do you have any any knowledge of Bedrock? Uh, is that Nicki and all that? Them? That is yeah. that is the the Nicki Minaj. She was unearthed to us in this song, and I remember being in fifth grade when this song came out, and it was the song that everybody listened to. And I did not like it. And that is when I knew something was wrong with me of like, oh, my God, all of the kids that like the cool kids like this song. They seem to be really into this young money thing. And I do not care for this at all. That is when I pivoted into uh, the early phases of being an edgelord, which when you're 12, um, you're you're talking a lot about Nirvana and about how Kurt Cobain was right. And all of you guys are just sheeps and posers and this and that. And this is, you know, the verbiage that I was spewing. And now it makes sense that, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, but all because of bedrock, all because of bedrock. It is the ground zero of a lot of my social strength struggles is knowing that i did not care for this song that everybody else seemed to love hashtag bedrock makes edgelords <laughs> it's you know what i i don't i don't have a counter to that i think you are correct in that sense uh i, I know like the song bedrock and i keep in mind i'm in fifth grade when the song came out and that song was being like dedicated to girls at dances which is just a weird environment for a 12 year old to be and i know it's not like i was invited to a lot of parties which is where we get into the next portion of the album with the the interlude playing around before the party starts i see what you're doing see see, i kind of i kind of have a system i'm kind of sick in the head like that that, That you know keep going you got it that you know we have this short little section here of playing around before the party starts the party and no exit uh much more experimental than the prior two sections on the album uh, it looks like some sort of narrative is being constructed and then ultimately uh the message that i got was that childish gambino does not want to party with you which nor do i so i understood it 
the whole thing of the party. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't want to party with you, and he's also wondering why you're partying in his house right now. He's like, get the hell out of my house right now. I love that part in the end where he's just like, where he he shifts from the beat, he shifts from rapping, he's just like, get the, you know, bleep out of my house, and, you know, there's all these, you know, you hear the people in the background like, yo, chill, bro, yo, chill. <laughs> That's how, like, actual parties are, but I, yeah. And it's no, often that... led with get the bleep out of my house. And people typically yes. keep that bleep in there. I've noticed they we're a very kind bleep. society. <laughs> can I cuss on here? You can do whatever you want on here. You can, get if the you would, fuck if. fuck out of my party. <laughs> yes, he did it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is like filtered or something. Get the fuck out of my party. And also, dad, if you're watching, uh, skip this part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like his vocals in the beginning, and then yeah, the shift to like the actual verse is like thought I was dumb, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> Again, I'm terrible at lyrics, but uh, that and then that's really the like the shift to the darker tone in the album with especially no exit. Like that one, there was, um, and I think you brought this up earlier, where there were like some cryptic messages that. Um, he sent out for because of the internet um there was something like he put some messages on some napkins and stuff and i think it was for because of the internet like to like promote it and whatnot but people were actually like worried about him and since he's not a big like social media guy like he wouldn't respond to these people but yeah like he had like these like kind of like dark messages just like questioning life and stuff and I think that like the tone of those was like what he was going for with like, yeah, no exit. Um, but no, I, I love both of those tracks. It's such a different tone. And I, that's why I love it. Like the album as a whole, I mean, it's funny enough. It's like a movie, which that's why there's a screenplay in here. Um, um, kind of like with the screenplay. I don't know if you have you seen the screenplay before. I uh, saw that it was on YouTube and kind of skipped around through the video portion of. I did not read anything. I just saw that there was a narrative that went with it, which I didn't totally focus on. I'm just gonna like, but basically, uh, <laughs> it made a good sound. That was kind of ASMR-y. That was uh, yeah. very nice. This is because the internet. <laughs> um, but uh, they have like sections in the screenplay where like you play the certain track and you have to like read through the screenplay. I'm a slow reader, so I had to like pause the song every once in a while. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm on page two. I'm supposed to be on page five right now. Um, but they're, yeah, like it's, I, I love that. Like, especially, yeah, those two songs, they fit with like, the tonal shift throughout the throughout the uh, album and the feeling like it's a movie, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, from there you hit on it. The album takes a much darker tone, and while I don't necessarily have the clever wordplay that I'm sure you're expecting as we move on to the next section, let me say up top, and I will give you a chance to defend this part of the album, but. Uh, the death by numbers portion of it, I, I kind of was hoping to be one of those statistics in Flight of the Navigator, Zealots of Stockholm, and Urn. I don't know what it is. These three songs dragged the album down for me. I was having so much fun. Like, I didn't know what to expect getting into this album. And the first half of it, I was like, 
you know, some of this stuff, like, not totally for me, but, like, I see that it's good, and then some of this stuff, like, I really like. And then I yeah. had this section and was not feeling it. Can you sell me on it, or are you agreeing? Where where are we at with the Death by Numbers section? I would say since, okay, when I first heard it, I, I didn't like these songs as much. Um, I still listened through them, but I was like, um, Death by Numbers was not one of my favorites. Um, but I would say Earn and what was the other one? Um, the In that section is Flight of the Navigator, Zealots of Stockholm, and Earn. And Earn. Okay, so I love Flight of the Navigators. Um, but I would say, like, yeah, first listen, first listen, I didn't like these. So I would just say, with thinking of it like a screenplay, um, this is definitely like the rising, not the rising action, but the like falling action. And it kind of goes after the, so like, okay, as a, as a film major. Um, <laughs> and please, so, and please mansplain this to me. Like, I don't understand. Please, please yeah, go ahead. So basically what you want to do. Um, so, so the first act of it is, um, you know, you have the, the introductions and you have like the rising action and all that. Uh, and then, this is where the conflict comes in. That's no exit and the party and all of them. Um, and then you kind of have this falling action with um, Flight of the Navigator. I feel like Flight of the Navigator is just like a reflective song, you know, where it's just, um, I don't know, it's a completely different tone. Also Earn, um, and Earn is more, I would say Earn is more reflective and then Flight of the Navigator, they just have this like, um, like lower tone, it's not even not even rapping with it, which kind of foreshadowed his future work because he's just gone into singing. Um, but I, yeah, I, I saw it more in that type of lens. Um, they're still not my, they're not my favorite tracks, but I wouldn't say I, I hate them because um, out of out of all of them. I really, the one I go back to the most is Earn just because it's so short and it's like, it kind of leaves you like wanting more, you know, where you're like, when you hear like all like the, the vocals come in at the end with the, you know, it's kind of like a choir. Um, it's, it leaves you wanting more, but you don't get more, you know, you get this very short track that, you know, feels like it could go on forever or go on for at least like another minute or so, but it doesn't, you know, it leaves you very wanting. So I would say, listen to it again and <laughs> put the headphones on, just levitate with it, you know? That's, you know, that, that's, that's very reasonable. It should be noted that Childish Gambino said his favorite song on the album is Earn, so you are, you know, sharing some, yeah, you're sharing some common ground there. It's it's great yeah. to see. I, I'm glad for you, and, you know, we have this section about death, and, and so many people say the only things that are guaranteed in life are death and taxes, but then we go to the final section of the album, which has songs called Pink Toes, Earth the Oldest Computer, and Life the Biggest Troll, and I do think the death and taxes sort of uh, motto needs to be updated uh, because we are guaranteed four things in life. I think we are guaranteed death, taxes, trolls, and foot fetishes. 
And in a way, all of those things are kind of spelled out in this final, very dramatic, very climactic section that after uh, the middle portion of the album, which I wasn't crazy on, I think we end on a really high note. How could you ever question? They know better to mention. The budget truck and just enough to make her pay attention. The who, what, why, and where they sport the flyest pair. She got the nicest hair and she know life is better with this liquor. It's crazy how the world look different. It's crazy how the girls look different. The colors and the sound so vivid. You never catch your boy cold pimping. You sitting on the sidewalk and that don't sound right. But as long as I look fly by prom night, go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, what was it? Pink toes? Um, <laughs> so funny. I, I was I was still laughing about what you said with the foot fetish, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a funny <laughs> guy. I do what I can, my man. <laughs> I was like, I was like, is he? See for real right now? Like, <laughs> is that a real thing? I was about it's, to Google it's not, it right now. It's not my thing. I don't even think it's Childish Gambino's thing. It's not what he's alluding to in the song. But no. I hear pink toes and, you know, a mind is going to wander. <laughs> it's just immediately going to foot fetish. And you're like, let's do some research on Gambino, you know. Let's make sure he's not Dan Schneider or something. That, <laughs> that is true. Look, I don't want to ruin anybody's childhood, but we need to do a thorough investigation into Dan Schneider because some of that stuff Please. is not okay. I, like, it was, I, I grew up on those shows and I saw, like, all the videos. I mean, not, not those type of videos. I saw the... <laughs> I saw the uh, the YouTube like compilation of like why Dan Schneider was a creep, and then I was like, maybe, maybe I should go back and observe to see why. Because I I saw that, and I saw after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I looked up Quentin Tarantino's foot fetish, and I was like, this needs to be discussed. Like we need public <laughs> we need forum. We need to meet together as a city and discuss yeah. this. And especially in the case of, I it's not as bad in Drake and Josh, but once you get to iCarly and you rewatch some of those, there's so much foot content in those episodes. There is. There's like there, I believe there was someone that was eating with their foot or something. Yes. That's like, not okay. No. That who who won who in Nickelodeon was like, hmm. They eat with their feet instead of their hands. <laughs> Danny boy, you and the foot content. Let's keep it going, man, you know. And Dan was like, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, uh the the work of Dan Schneider might not age as well as I, I think these final tracks will, because I was very impressed. Like I said again, coming off a middle portion of the album where I, I was I wasn't feeling it, it was starting to lose momentum, and then you have a song like Pink Toes, which kinda yes. almost felt like an Usher type of like proto R and B vibe and then Earth, the oldest computer, and life, the biggest troll, uh, feel very big. They feel like they are properly sequenced at the end of the album. And by the end of the album, I was left satisfied. Yeah. Like the, uh, I mean, the, the, the last track, um, um, you just said the name of it. No, I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember. Don't even help me. Let's see. Let's see if he can, uh, remember this. It's not life the biggest. It is life. The it biggest is life the biggest okay. troll. Have was, some confidence was, in yourself. I was thinking that, and then I was like, "Wait, no!" But isn't that the one with the internet? But my dumb ass. Um. So, um. I love like yeah, like you said, like you left on a hat on a like high note. That ending, like, 
speaking of repeating lines and stuff, um, <laughs> that ending part with the like with his voice like echoing and it's like, is anyone out there? Is there anyone out there? Or something like that. Like I just I love that. Like it kind of leaves you on this eerie but satisfied note where you you know, and then it goes back to the beginning sound, the first track, the you know. So it's all. I love albums that do that, where they bring back the the beginning, um, kind of like Damn, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Another very like, good example. Yeah, but I love the no, yeah, like those last tracks, and then also Jene Aiko. I think I said that name right. If I didn't, um, Dude, that's how I have it. I spelled it uh, phonetically in my notes, and that is how I have it. So I think you're on the right track. Yeah, I was like, okay, if I don't, then uh, I'll I'll prepare for the comments, but. Uh, for I all gotta, the haters I and trolls. Yeah, I get a DM. Um, it's Pinet, a genie. Um, but she was I, excellent uh, in Pink Toes. I really enjoyed her inclusion on that song. She was like, and I was gonna say, like, she actually, out of the featured artists, I think she actually like has like something worth of a feature, you know? Because <laughs> you have um, uh, what's her name and uh, uh, um, what's that song the. It was in the, the the list that you didn't like that much. Um, Ooh, of the of the. Say lots of Stockholm. That's what it is. Yes. Is it Kilo Kish in that? I I believe so. As I quickly scroll to my notes and I find that name, it is, is at least yes, yes. You are correct. Kilo Kish. Okay. I I don't even have a track list on here. I was trying to beat you to it, but <laughs> I realized I didn't even have a track list. Um. Yeah, like her part, I, I like the featured vocals because he really made this like his own album or even the featured vocals, like they don't have a big part. Like Jene Aiko's part is actually, and Pink Toes is the longest feature or like the feature that actually has pretty much their own verse and stuff, you know? Um, either the featured artists are just repeating lines or they're... Um, no, they're pretty much just repeating lines. <laughs> like, there's Kilo Kish, Problem, and um, I believe, I don't think he ever met Problem either. Like, he didn't even know Problem was on Sweatpants. The, um, really? Because I'm doing me better than you doing you. Uh, he didn't know, I, I, I think, like, until the song was actually, like, finished. That's when he was like, that's when they told him, oh, Problem is doing this part in it, you know. Uh, and then, um, who was it? Uh, the third, oh, Chance the Rapper, yeah. Like. Chance is in there, Azalea Banks is in there, um, and, yeah. the, and the first song, Crawl, uh, briefly, the man Mystical, who I just watched part of a documentary on him, uh, he was in the No Limit Soldiers, I would highly recommend the Chronicle series on BET about the No Limit Soldiers, Mystical makes Ooh. a very brief appearance in that opening song, so there's a lot of voices coming in and out, but you are very right in the sense that I think the best feature is featured on Pink Toes. Pink Toes, yeah, Jenna is like, her, her vocals are just amazing, like, I... I love how it meshes with that song. And then um, I, yeah, like I, the way like he comes back with it and stuff, but to use that as like one of his last songs too, like it is definitely one of the stronger ones. I would say honestly, okay, I'll wait. We're probably gonna rank these later. So I'll 
I'll well, do that. I, I, we're we're going to rank the album as a whole, but if you would like to mm-hmm. do an individual track ranking, if that's what you were hinting at, I will give you that platform right now. So we're going to go... Honestly, I should have a list right here with me, but I'm going to say, okay, so I said sweatpants first. I would say uh, Pink Toe second. Uh, I loved um, actually Earn. Um, and you roasted this part. Earn was my third favorite, so. <laughs> <laughs> so no. I apologize. I had, I had a wrong opinion, and I will learn yeah. from it and do better next time. <laughs> I, I demand a part two to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, then I love, um, uh, what is it? I said Pink Toes already. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, World Star. Yeah, World Star's and, in there. This is so hard. Maybe I shouldn't have jumped into I, this. It, I should have it's a, a long album to do an individual ranking with. I, I We got yeah. your top three. I'm going to save you the trouble. I'm going to say three. Three. Those are my top three tracks. Anything else. I thought else. this so confident. I was like, bro, I got you with my top list, dude. I don't even have the names of the songs with me right now. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll make it a little bit easier on you because it, it's, you know, we've hit the end of the album. It's time to rank the album out of 10. And I should let you know that the power that be at Pitchfork gave this album a 5.8 out of 10. XXL gave it a 4 out of 5, and it received a B- from the AV Club. So now I turn the tables on you, and if you had to rank because the internet out of 10, and we can go decimals, fractions, whatever it is you need to do, what numerical value are we putting on this art? I would say 9.2. Wow. 9.2 because I it hurts to say but I agree with you um <laughs> that section no, of it's the not al- the first time I've heard that people do not like having the same opinions as me you are not alone <laughs> that's like that that section that that you didn't that that like wasn't your your favorite was also not my favorite um but I do like like I love Earn and I like Zaylot Z Zealots of Stockholm. Zealot. Zealots of Stockholm. Uh, That's the pronunciation yeah. there. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Siri, how do I pronounce that? No. But, um, <laughs> and I, I was just like, Death by Numbers. I wasn't, I like, I listen to that now and I'm still like, meh. But like, listening to it as a whole, you know, you're, you're like, this is, it's a, it's a good album. But if I skipped around on songs, I'd probably skip that song. Um, but I still, and then um, what was the other one? Um, in that little, honestly, in that little passageway, it was "Flight of the Navigator" is the the other song in that grouping. Okay, I love "Flight of the Navigators," um, but I it's not my favorite. Um, I like a certain part of "Flight of the Navigators," and it kind of takes a while for that part to come in. Um, and that's what I would say with a lot of the tracks, where it's like, or not a lot of the tracks, but just. Um, some of my, it's like some of my songs, some of the songs I, I like are because of certain parts, but there's times where after listening to it so many times, you're like, I might have to skip ahead a little bit because I want to hear this specific portion of the song and fly the navigators is one of those songs where it's like, um, it, it does instrumentals and it does this weird vocal, um, which is interesting but i love when he actually gets into singing on that part and on that track um but 9.2 to me is like i see like 
the the eight the nine the the point eight is mainly contributed to one song so <laughs> to one song i didn't like that's the subtract point eight for it so i think, I think that's entirely fair you know we've we've at this point you've attempted to rank the songs individually we've ranked <laughs> the album as a whole i have one final question for you when it pertains to because the internet and i want you to, to put yourself back in the position you were when you first heard this album and i ask you who needs to hear this album and why? Uh, well, nerd and like I want to say nerds, but I would say <laughs> they prefer the term uh, geeks. Uh, as a geek myself, um, I would say this song spoke so many levels to me, especially having a black artist be the face of it and the the voice of it, like. Same thing with Kanye. I mean, Kanye was, they're, they're different kind of artists, you know, Kanye and Tyler, but I would say Donald just because he's doing different stuff, you know, and because the internet kind of goes through that um, from camp, it goes through like more of the mature elements, you know, like I love sweatpants. It's still my favorite song, but I also love that he took a more like, yeah, mature approach to his songs. And it's like, he goes through like deep, you know, um kind of messages and deep topics just to reflect on and it yeah i you know i didn't have the same lifestyle as uh donald but <laughs> with through the album i just kind of felt like i did you know i was like you're kind of immersed in it where you you just like reflect on your own life and also as a film major any film majors out there if you get the vinyl you also get the screenplay. Um, so, and if you're a fast reader, then this is perfect for you. If you're not a fast reader, it's going to be hell. You're going to have to pause so much and you are going to maybe punch your record player at one point. <laughs> I, I hope that this podcast is not encouraging anybody to punch their speakers, punch their phone, maybe strengthen their... <laughs> I don't. I, I hope that, that our conversation has not brought people to that, which this does mark the unfortunate end of our conversation. Uh, where can the people find you? What do you want them to know about? What are you doing? What would you like people to know is out there? This is by all means your time. Um, so first off, I would like to take this moment to um, um, encourage people to donate to the Black Lives Matter uh, Chicago um, Foundation, um, especially during this time. There's so much going on in the world and there's so much change that needs to be made that uh, I feel like, you know, this is a, I love what you're doing here, man. Like, I feel like, you know, this is a great crowd and a great platform to promote that. Um, and there's going to be a link. Yes. Oh, there, oh, there is a absolutely a hyperlink in the description to <laughs> uh, to donate to Black Lives Matter Chicago, which you can also find at just BlackLivesMatterChicago.com, and, and they will give yeah. you all of the information you need. And as for yourself, uh, what are you working on? And where I, I hyped up your social media so much. I feel like if you want to be found on there, now would be the time yes. to plug it. Uh, uh, find me on uh, Instagram at I changed my name so much. Do you know it, Chase? Oh, let's let's quickly scramble uh, to the app that I know. Uh, you are at 
uh, spaces underscore R underscore underscores. Spaces underscore R underscore underscores. That's and where that, you can find that will be Instagram. linked as well. We're not going to make people yeah. search that. No, you 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 will need that hyperlink. Um, <laughs> but that is where my main source of videos are. And also, yeah, check out that Mother Fortune because there may be a featured artist on there soon. It's not me, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that all sounds terrific. Uh, I, this week in particular, I would like people to know about the organization Stoked. Uh, Stoked creates a community of fearless leaders through mentoring, opportunity, and action through mentorship and action sports culture. Stoked empowers undeserved youth to reach their fullest potential, instilling passion, resilience, and determination. And you can find out more about their after-school programs as well as how to donate at stoked.com org that is s-t-o-k-e-d dot org and as for myself if you want to get in touch with me i'm on both twitter and instagram at underscore case low c-a-s-e-l-o-w-e the podcast itself can be found on instagram at art school albums and this has been childish gambinos because the internet